0: So a couple of years ago, I uh, attended this theology conference, and the only way to describe the type of conference it was was it was like total nerdville. Everybody there was like hardcore theology nerds, and it was really pretty cool and a lot of stimulating theological engagement and topics. And uh, and one of the evenings they had a guy who had a PhD in political science who had um, basically planned on being a professor, who just was unable to find a job as an academic, who then went on to plant a church and then to spend a lot of time studying the subject of healing. And so he was doing a presentation at this academic conference about how many healings his church community had seen. And he had all these stories after stories after stories of people um, who had been a part of his church. And his church is in Hawaii. He is suffering for Jesus in a very very difficult environment. Uh, I was like, Lord, call me, call me there. Uh, But he was talking about all these healings that they saw, and they saw hundreds and hundreds of people being healed. And then what was really neat about their church community is people would experience healing and then would get rehabilitated into community, because many of the people that they were reaching out to were people who had drug abuse problems, alcohol abuse problems. They had prostitution um, as a, in a community, and so a lot of women were being um, saved from that environment. It was just a really beautiful story. So at the very end of this conference, he was teaching on all the theology behind it. He said, hey, we're going to spend some time now to pray for people in the room who are sick. And as soon as he said that, all these nerds were like, but what? Like, how are we gonna do that? And so he had everybody stand up and he started just to wait on the Holy Spirit and to respond and people all over the room who had physical issues or challenges stood up and got prayer. And I was just standing there and I was like, oh, this is really cool. This is like church. And all of a sudden, people I knew started experiencing healing. Like one person in particular who I'd talked to the day before who had told me that their knee was all messed up and that it was in a lot of pain was completely healed. And they were like, And these are all Christians, mind you, okay? So they're all like, they're all like shocked though, like that God can heal. And like, oh my gosh, my, my, my legs healed. And so this person in particular was like blown away about how God's kingdom is still breaking into our world and bringing healing, okay? And so I saw that. And that evening, I saw at least 20 people significantly healed from physical um, challenges or, or, you know, chronic diseases or whatever. So that's story number one. And all of my point is to say is that God still is in the business of healing people. Amen? He still is doing that. Second story, in my own life. So I have, um, I've prayed for people who have been sick or have had physical issues, and sometimes the response is to the question when I'm like, how are you doing, is I feel worse. And I'm like, oh, sorry about that. (laughs) Okay, that's happened. But there's been a few times where I pray for somebody where they would say, hey, I feel Like I feel better. I I remember praying for this one lady who had a shoulder injury and and after I got done praying, I was getting ready to then explain to her that God doesn't always heal because I was assuming that she wasn't healed. And she was getting ready, I think, to like give me the whole thank you for trying speech, when all of a sudden she was like, Oh my it's she's she was like healed, and we were both like surprised, like, Oh my gosh, really? (laughs) Like, oh yeah, that's right. The Bible teaches that stuff. And, and so I've seen that and I've received prayer and I've had times where I felt like God healed me from things and then there's other times where, you know, I haven't. But something that recently has been happening in my life is about, I don't know, probably three or four months ago, I started realizing that I'm like, I have to process some things. Last year was really hard for me. I don't know how it was for you. I know most people it was like walk in the park and COVID world was so easy for you. But for me it was really challenging. So I started thinking about wanting to talk to a, a counselor, so I'm, I'm going to find a therapist. And if you try finding a therapist in Red Bluff right now, good luck. They're like, they're like yeah, we can talk to you in 10 years. It's <laughs> like, oh, what? So I got an in though. And I, I, I sat down and it was like, as soon as I sat down with a ther- therapist and like, what would you like to talk about? I was like, you know, and I just started processing the last year And I'm just, I just want you to know, I've only done one session, but I felt so, like so much relief and peace as I was just processing that stuff. I was like, oh, and I can't say that I've, like, gotten fixed, as you all know, but it was a very healing environment, a healing moment, and I felt like it was one step towards healing. And all my point is to say is this, is that I think healing and the nature of healing when we think about it in the kingdom of God is very complex, And I think that's very nuanced too because oftentimes in our type of churches that are charismatic, when we talk about healing, what we talk about is like come forward to the altar and then we're going to pray for you so that your bum ankle gets fixed. And I do believe God cares about your bum ankle. Okay, I do. But I also think that God cares deeply about our inward person, and that oftentimes what Jesus is doing is he's actually healing us from the inside out. And so that's what we're doing right now in this sermon series that we're, we're in called Restored, and we're exploring this idea of the gospel of wholeness and healing. Now, this is interesting. A recent poll was done across America, and it found that Americans have said, 50% of Americans say that COVID has been so stressful they aren't sure they will ever recover, So think about that. Now, you might be like, fine, but across the U.S., 50% of Americans feel like they will never recover, they may never recover, because of the impact from the last year. And if you do any studies, or if you talk to any people, you'll notice that anxiety levels are higher, we've talked about this fear, disconnection, people are just feeling disconnected, drug and alcohol abuse is higher, and um, domestic violence has gone up. And so it's been a really tough year. So I've been thinking about that, about how our mission as a church, we say that our mission is to know Jesus and to make Jesus known. That's our mission. And what it looks like, though, at times as we do these different activities, but I really believe sometimes one of the most important things that we can do as followers of Jesus when we come in contact with people who are going through all those ups and downs is we just need to come alongside people and say, listen, it's going to be okay. Like, I just want you to know it's going to be okay. Okay. There's been plagues, there's been challenges that our, our world has faced in the past, and, and God is able to work through the church, and things get restored, and things go back to normal somewhat. And I said a couple weeks ago that going back to normal isn't the goal, though, amen? The goal is to find out what is Jesus inviting us into right now in this season. And so that's what we're talking about in this series. We're kind of exploring this. And there's two reasons why I, I really sense the Lord inviting us into this topic for this season is because, first of all, I think that we need to be restored and healed, which means that you need to be healed and restored. I think that we need that. We need to experience the wholeness of God's kingdom. I think that we need to experience healing, and again, it happens oftentimes from the inside out. And then secondarily, I believe that God wants to to flow through you to help other people experience healing too. And, and I believe with all of my heart that many of the people in this church community are concerned with wanting to help people. Like when you come in contact with people who, who are facing challenges, I don't know if this is true for you, but sometimes when somebody opens up and shares the anxieties or fears or, or issues they have, don't you feel sometimes like you don't really know what to say? Like I, I feel that way sometimes. It's like, oh well, coffee's been really helpful for me. You know I, like I don't know like I can, I can pray for you I, I don't always know what to say and so I think oftentimes it may be because we haven't explored our own wholeness and healing and restoration so that we can talk about how we've traveled on this journey and and followed a path of wholeness and healing to be able to help other people experience that as well and so I do believe that that's kind of the two reasons why. We're invited into the series. So what I want to do for today is I want to read from John chapter 5, verses 1 through 15, and then we're going to flesh that out a little bit. So this is what we read in the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. We read, Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind lame or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up and The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, Now you are well, so stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. So Father, I pray now that as we spend time this morning wrestling with the implications of this text, wrestling with what we are being invited into and encouraged to pursue and and, and really thinking about how this text reveals who we are and what we need from you and your kingdom. Would you bring grace? Would you bring truth? Would you bring love? Would you bring encouragement? And would you bring peace all over this room? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this has got, this text has a lot of of meat to it. But I want to just for a few minutes here think about imagining the possibilities. Uh, You know, when Don and I moved here, I I had this reminder um, the other day. um, By the way, as a side note, my mom and dad are here and two of my sisters and my nephew over there, so you should say hi to them. Um, We're glad they're here. And as you know, that was was awesome, by the way. You guys are like, yeah, we don't care. So anyway... (laughs) It's hot, it's hot. Uh, but as you know, we, our church community has been praying for my dad, and we're, I mean, I just feel like it's such a blessing to have you guys here, because our church community prayed for a very long time, so now it's full circle. But the other day, I picked him up in San Francisco, and we were driving, and I remembered when I was driving into Red Bluff, I remember the first time I dro- drove into Red Bluff, and I was like, first of all, we came in December, and I was like, this is a little bit different because 111 or whatever, but I remember when I was driving into Red Bluff the first time, having a ton of dreams, and, and like I had all these ideas in my head about the possibilities of what God might want to do here in Red Bluff, and I was reminded of that, because I remember before you move somewhere, you don't know any better, right? Like you just don't, like, oh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, God's gonna do this, God's gonna do that, and then you get settled in. And I think the routine of being in a community, sometimes those dreams get replaced by ideas that are, that are not what God's kingdom wants, though. Like, I think we need to get back to dreaming about the possibilities. And one of the possibilities and dreams that I remember particularly having was that our church community would function as a place of healing. And even then, I, I remember, like, thinking about that, about how this church community has a calling to be a place of healing, but not just in the charismatic sense of like, you need to get prayed for because your shoulder's out of joint and we're going to heal you. When I think of healing, I think of the whole aspect of, of who we are, like our, our emotions and our mental challenges and our, and our relationships. And, and the whole concept of healing in the New Testament is really built on this Old Testament idea of shalom, of God's peace coming and being resident here. And I think that's part of our calling. Like, that is, that's as, that is a possibility for us, is that people could become a part of our community and experience transformation and all these things. And so I was thinking about that, just for us this morning, like, some of the what-ifs. What if, what if it were possible for God to supernaturally heal you this morning, Like maybe you came this morning and you have some type of physical, mental, emotional, whatever you want to call. But you know inside of you that you need healing. What if God could actually supernaturally heal you today? And then, you know, what if it were possible for God to restore you through meeting with the counselor Like, I I think sometimes, I don't know if you found this to be true, but don't you realize that sometimes, or have you not found that it's true sometimes that you just need to sit down and process things, and it's in the space of processing what has happened around you or in your life that you experience some sort of healing? Do any of you have friends that have been a really good listening ear? Anybody? Like, that is how God heals. It's not just come forward miraculous prayer. God heals in those spaces too. And, and so what if that were possible? And what if, what if the more time and energy that you, you personally invested into your spiritual life, your spiritual health, what if, what if that actually would help you experience abundant life in a way that would also help you help other people experience abundant life that Jesus talks about in John 10? Like what if those things are true, and I, I want to tell you this morning I think that they are. I, I think it's I think that it's very possible that today Jesus could heal you of physical illnesses or phys- physical um, issues or challenges you've had, or maybe you're you're like trying to figure out what the heck just happened for the last year and a half, and you have these things going on inside of you that you don't know how to process, but you need to begin talking to somebody. Or maybe if you just begin to seek first the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added to you. I mean, I think that these are realities that we have to be reminded of, and that's essentially what we're talking about in this season, the possibility of healing and wholeness and how it can affect all of your life. So let's jump into this idea of the nature of healing in the kingdom. Because there's a couple things that I think we can see from this text that I think are very important. And other texts. But the first one is this. Like I remember you know, when I was younger, I had this idea that if God was going to heal, it was going to happen instantaneously. Like, like okay, if healing is true, then I'm going to go forward and they're going to zap me. And then I'll be totally good to go forever. But that's not what we see in scripture. We see a little bit more complex thing about it, and this is what I believe about healing: is I think oftentimes we need to realize that God heals over time. It is a process, and some of you are like, "Well, where is the Bible verse for that?" Do you have Bible verse? I think in John nine, we have this story where this man is born blind. It's very fascinating. He's born blind, and then Jesus encounters him, and it's really crazy because Jesus, Jesus begins to heal him. He he says, "You know, be healed," and then. The man who was born blind, um, you know, has this experience. And then Jesus says, well, what's going on? And the man says, well, I couldn't see before, but now everything's blurry. And, and what's really crazy, by the way, is Jesus leans down and spits in the mud. And he makes mud and rubs it on his eyes. If anybody wants me to heal you that way today, I will do that. I just want to let you know. Like, I totally volunteer to spit on your face. I just want to let you know. But it's like really weird, right? You're like, what is going on here? But I think what we can kind of gather From John nine is that Jesus heals in stages in this in this passage. It's really bizarre, and I've often wondered like why is it that Jesus heals in stages? Because Jesus, if you know your theology, you know Jesus is fully God, right? He's operating fully in the power of the Holy Spirit. He can do this, and things happen, like Lazarus come out of that grave, and Lazarus comes back to life. So why is it that Jesus? Jesus teaches us in John 9 this, this this teaching. I think it's because if Jesus demonstrates that healing happens in process, the same can be true for us too. And so that's why oftentimes in, in the vineyard, you'll, you'll have people pray for you to be healed. And then we'll check in and say, well, how are you doing right now? And you might say, eh, it's a little bit better. And then we don't say, well, hope it works out for you. We say, well, let's keep praying. Why? Because healing often happens as a process. And this is especially true I think because I really believe that process is more a part of our theology of discipleship than we realize at least it should be. Think about how how salvation happens sometimes over time. It's a process, I mean, how many of you have seen friends that you are constantly maybe sharing your faith with and it takes a long time for them to finally come to a place where they enter into a relationship with God, right? It's not instantaneous oftentimes, it takes relationship. And I think this is one of the big challenges that we have in our society is that we oftentimes want things very quickly. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like how many of you love going to a drive-thru to get food immediately? Yeah, like let's just be honest. You know, most of the time at our house, I'm like, children, we will take you anywhere in the world. Where would you like to go? Jack's Steakhouse? Logan's? And they're all like, McDonald's! And I'm like, no! And Don's like, yeah, that sounds good. So there's something really nice about being able to go to do things quickly, but that has translated into our spiritual life, and oftentimes we don't have enough space in our lives to allow God to be able to work And I think that this needs to be part of our theology of healing, is that God heals over time. Sometimes it's instantaneous, but oftentimes it is over time. And secondly, God heals, but sometimes the process is fierce and grueling. Fierce and grueling. We'll explore this a bit more as we jump back into 5, in John chapter 5. And so here, let's talk about this, this, this passage of Scripture, it's very fascinating to me about Jesus' way of doing ministry. It's very fascinating. He, he does things very different than what we might think would be effective for helping people grow in their relationship with God. Like the, the most common thing that Jesus does, because if, like, if you care about people and if you care about doing ministry for the cause of Christ, then you should take note of what Jesus does. The number one thing Jesus does in all of his ministry is he does this, and this is crazy, he eats meals with people. He spends time around a table eating meals with people. And I don't know about you, but that is so comforting to my lifestyle. Like, I just feel like it is freedom. But he does, he, he's constantly eating meals with people, he's constantly spending time with people who are marginalized, who are on the outskirts of society and he's constantly trying to bring people into his community so he eats a lot of meals which i feel like is is affirmation that my lifestyle is okay just want to put that out there he does that but then here's the second thing that Jesus often does that i think is very fascinating is he asks questions like Jesus who knows everything asks questions and he listens And so this is very, very fascinating to me in John chapter 5. So here's what we have going on. We have a man who has been lame for 38 years. Okay, he's 38 years he's been he's been lame. And we have this pool of Bethesda. and, And what this is is essentially it's a small pool, and this is where everybody who is sick. Would hang out, and so all around this pool are are just imagine hundreds of sick people who are just chilling right there. And the reason why they're just chilling right there is because there was a Jewish tradition that believed that oftentimes in the morning an angel would come down and would stir the waters, and if you got to the water quick enough and you got in the water, you would be healed. And so all these people are chilling at the pool; they're just just hanging out. How many of you been chilling at the pool lately? right? Like every day. And they're all doing that. But it's not because it's a thousand degrees. They want to get in so they can be healed. And so Jesus comes along. He sees all these people. And it's interesting that he identifies this one person. Because I've often wondered, what was it about this man that Jesus noticed? But Jesus does. Jesus notices this man who's been sick for 38 years. Not sick per se. He's been lame. He's been hanging out. And Jesus asks him a question. What would you like to 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 have happen? Would you like to get well? And I thought about that. Like, if Jesus said that to me, I'd be like, duh, right? Like, Like, obviously I'm here. So Jesus starts his healing process by asking a question, and it's very fascinating. It's a very provocative question because Jesus is asking this question because the lame man had to wrestle with some internal things in order to experience healing. Let me say that again. Jesus asks him a question because the lame man has to wrestle with some internal things in order to experience healing. And the healing process becomes gruesome right here. It is grueling. Because here's the reality. If this man gets healed, he is going to have to get a job. He is chilling at the pool every single day and the way that he lives is because people would walk by and they would give them food or they would give them money and that is how how he is living. That's how he is surviving. Why work when you can live off of someone's handout? I will just leave it at that. But have you noticed that we're experiencing that same thing right now? I went to Starbucks the other day and I could not get a coffee at two in the afternoon because no one was working there. Why is that? Because people are experiencing the same thing right now. And so this is the same challenge that was it was happening in that, in that world, is, is this man is going to have to do some internal questioning of whether or not he wants to get healed, because if he wants to get healed, things are going to have to change. He's going to have to start to be responsible as well. He's going to have to also take the risk of picking up his mat and walking and, and responding to that promise of healing. And so I've been thinking about this text a little bit because I think it helps us really wrestle with some implications that are applicable for us today. Okay? So here's what I'm saying. If you want to experience healing, and I assume that many of you do, and just for a moment, close your eyes. Just ignore the people around you because they're weird anyway. But if God wants to heal you, and if you want to have healing, isn't it true and isn't it possible that that healing includes every aspect of your life and if so healing according to the bible oftentimes starts on the inside and so that's the question that jesus is proposing here what do you want do you want to get well because if you want to get well there are certain things that you're going to need to do in response to the invitation to healing in this case this person was going to have to make the decision to get up, take a risk, and to move on, and then eventually get a job and be responsible for his life. And so in your case, it may be other things. So the question is for you, how is it that you would pick up your mat and walk toward healing? And so again, with your eyes closed and, and just thinking about it, I just want to throw out a couple things that, that maybe the Lord would be inviting you into right now. But one of them is asking for prayer. I, I marvel at how many people will share with me things that they are, they're facing, but they won't ask for prayer. So maybe for you, the, the invitation to experience healing begins with you asking for prayer. Asking somebody around you that you know believes in Jesus and believes in prayer and say, hey, would you be willing to pray for me? James talks about this in James chapter 5. The need to ask for prayer. Another aspect of, I think, maybe your picking up your mat and walking would be to attempt to become more self-aware. Attempting to become more self-aware. For example, how has your history impacted your present? And then, you know, maybe for you it's actually looking for and finding a therapist or a counselor or. Meeting with myself or Don or another follower of Jesus who can just sit down with you and pray for you and process things that have happened in your life. Those are some of the questions I think we need to wrestle with. So I want to end with this uh, before we pray. So I had a, I was just reminded of this story this morning. I was talking to Riker about a, a, a situation in my life that I don't think I ever really processed. Because what I'm realizing is that things happen over the course of our lives that impact us. Amen? And, like, if we don't take the time to explore those things, sometimes we might, I don't know, we might miss out where God wants to do work. So, Don and I had really close friends. Like, I mean, they were our best friends. We hung out with them all the time. Like, like literally all the time. Like, three or four days a week, we were hanging out with them. And uh, and so, they they had been a part of our church community. They went through this leadership residency program. They got a bunch of training because they wanted to go into ministry. And so, we did all of that. And then, they eventually transitioned from our church community at the same time when we moved out here and they went and they moved to another city and started pastoring at a church and this the woman had um had a really rough life because when she was younger her dad literally just woke up one day and left her and her sister and just abandoned them and so like the whole time we knew them they were always process. she was always processing that sense of abandonment like never really dealt with it though it was just like, my dad abandoned me, and, and it was terrible, and how could he? And so it like was a conversation all the time. So then, you know, fast forward, she goes to our church, they go through the residency training program, they transition and go into ministry, and they're pastoring, and we moved here, and about three or four months into being here, I got a phone call from one of my best friends, and he said, my wife uh, just left. And I was like, to go on vacation? Or what do you mean? Like, no, she took the minivan and left me and our two sons and is is going to go to um, meet with her high school high school sweetheart. And I was like, What are you what? And so then became this huge long, you know, we just praying every day and trying to understand what was going on and and there's no there's no happy ending to this story. <clears throat> like it's it's terrible. They ended up getting divorced and the family's fractured and Her two young sons um, don't have a mom in their life, and and it's just terrible. But this is something that I I now realize is that when she was going through some of this stuff, she she really refused to deal with her past. I, I remember that being an issue that she just didn't really wanna talk about dealing with being abandoned. But isn't it ironic, and you all know stories where the things that happen to us and around us that we swear we'll never do, we end up repeating? And we get into this cycle to where the thing that happened to us, we end up doing to those we love. And so I just want to tell you that I think one of the reasons why Jesus is inviting us as a community to explore healing from not just a physical healing perspective, but from a holistic perspective, is because I honestly believe that there are things that may have happened to you in the past or maybe over the last year and a half that you've been wounded, you've been betrayed, you've been disappointed. Maybe you're noticing that you have more anger. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you have more anxiety. Maybe you have more fear. All I'm telling you is that Jesus wants to heal those things. Amen? He wants to heal those things. Let's stand up. We're just going to have just a few minutes here just to create some space for some prayer and some ministry. so, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here now. We're thankful that you've been with us from the very beginning of this gathering. And in fact, even more so, we thank you that you indwell in your community, your church, your people. And that when we walked into this building, we each individually had your indwelling presence. It's uh, such a beautiful truth that we see in Scripture which reminds me that we are never alone. We're always with you, God. You're always with us. And so now as we stand together and as we position our hearts to be able to receive from you and to be sensitive to what you may have and what you may be doing, would you breathe on this time? Would you speak to us? Would you inspire us? Would you... Bring healing, Lord. Would you begin to bring um, ideas and awareness of things that we need to do as next steps this morning? And so, just with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed right now, just I, I just want to encourage you, just to just to you know, John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard, used to always talk about you know keeping one ear. You know, maybe listening to what's going on around you, but one ear open and directed toward the Lord. And so, you know, as Dawn and I are sharing some things right now, um, you know, I also want to encourage you just to just be listening to what God might be whispering as well.
1: Um, so, as like we're sharing uh, today, you guys can keep your um, eyes closed. Um, couple of questions that he asked was, what is God inviting you to do or into at this time? So just really meditate on that and pray about it. What is, what is he wanting you to do at this point in your journey with him or starting a journey with him? Another question he asked was, in the story of the, the blind man, would you like to get well? And that is a good question. Because with getting well it takes a lot of work or being vulnerable. in our state, um, state of mind, it's hard to ask for help. But the first step to asking for help is just ask for prayer. And that's what we would like to do today is if you need prayer, this is a safe place. And we have people here that care and love to pray for people. So that's one thing that I would ask is just where to start is to ask for prayer, ask for help.
0: Yeah, so this morning, um, two things, just like Don said, is that we want to be a place where people can receive prayer. That's, That's a value we have. And then secondarily, we believe very strongly that the Bible teaches that ministry, which is simply serving, that's just another word for serving. So everybody's called to be a minister or to be a person who serves. But we believe that that's not supposed to be something that only two or three people do in a church community. Like we very much so don't want to be that church. We wanna be a church where, where everybody has an opportunity to be able to pray for people if they are you know, followers of Jesus. And so, we're going to do this. Um, We want to have a time just for a few moments here where we can pray for you if you have any needs. And then if you're here and maybe you're good, like I know I come to church sometimes and I'm like, I feel pretty good. Things are going really good. You know, um, I'd love to pray for somebody. Then we want to give you opportunity. And so again, everybody's eyes closed. Don't be looking around saying, I see some of you like, who is it going to be? But if you're here this morning, you would say, I, I really would like prayer. I really would like prayer. I, I have a need, whether it's physical, whether it's, maybe it's financial, maybe you've been really wrestling with some relationship challenges, maybe you've got a lot of internal, um, emotional things that are just kind of brewing, and you just feel like you just need to start that process today, if if that's you at all right now, would you do me a favor, just put your hand up, just so we we can know who, who would need prayer, okay. And so if you're comfortable, you can put your hand down now because now you're going to have an opportunity to be brave. um, Or if you just need to chill where you're at, that's fine too. But everybody can open up your eyes right now. And, And so here's the deal. If you didn't raise your hand and you're a follower of Jesus, here's the good news. You are ordained by Jesus to do the work of ministry. Like you can pray. And honestly, there's been so many times when I pray for people, I don't know what to pray. I just say, God, please help them. And that's it. Okay. And so if you want prayer this morning, you, you are willing to have somebody pray, just like Don had said. The first step is to ask for prayer. Would you be willing to put your hand up again right now? And then those of you who are around somebody, if you're, you feel comfortable to pray for these people, would you just go and just walk up to them and put your hand right on their shoulder? So keep your hand up right now. And church, this is the opportunity for people to move around and to get engaged. I like when people tell me to get in the game. So Sean, there's Lisa. I think that's Lisa way back there. Lisa could use somebody to pray for her. There's a hand. You might need to put your hand up higher. Okay. Does everybody else have somebody around them then? Okay. I think everybody's kind of covered. If you don't have somebody praying for you, just begin. Okay. You're good? You need more? We need some more people over there. Hey, if this is your moment, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, just take a step of faith right now. You will be, you'll, you'll be surprised. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Just You're going to lay your hand on their shoulder right now. And what, what Jesus teaches us in the, the Lord's prayer is to pray for the kingdom to come. And so right now, Jesus, we ask for your kingdom to come for each one of these people. Would your presence and your power come right now? And if you're praying for somebody, just pray. Feel free to, to ask God. to to minister to them, to bring healing, to bring restoration. Maybe you'll have a sense that God wants to bring encouragement or strength. We'll just take just 30 more seconds here. We're just gonna create some space for this. God, we pray for your peace right now in this room. We, just, we pray that you'd replace any anxiety or any fear with peace in the name of Jesus. And so for those of you who are praying, just pause for one moment. When we say we're done praying here, like when we close the service... Just so you know, you can keep praying, okay? So, um, Father, we thank you for this gathering. We thank you for what you're doing. And, Lord, if there needs to continue to be healing and ministry happening, we we just turn that over to you now. But we thank you for this space that we've had. I pray a blessing over everybody as they transition out into the community. Would you help us to be a light to the world? And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Folks, have a great week. We'll see you then. Keep praying if you need to keep praying.